Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live shooting capital of Texas. <laughs> You're listening to Come and Talk It. What's going on? I tell you, it's crazy out there. Man, what is going on that we cannot be nice to each other? You know, we got to be able to peacefully protest and then also got to travel, you know, around the country and the state, you know, like a civilized society. You know, so my question for you, ladies and gentlemen, can we protest the cops and then act like a cop? A protester was shot and killed during a BLM, Black Lives Matters, march in Austin last night. So the question is, can you, can you protest the cops, then act like a cop? So we're going to break this stuff down because we have an eyewitness, Brandon Keaton, that was on the scene last night. He's going to tell us what he saw, what he heard. Also, we got a video. Take a look at this. That's going to be the shooting last night. That happened last night around, what, 11, 11, 9.52 p.m. And there was a protest downtown Austin. I had no idea there was a protest. So this would have caught me off guard if I happened to be driving downtown on my way back home uh, from South Austin to North Austin. Uh, it would have totally caught me off guard because I didn't know there was a type of, there was a protest scheduled. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and give me a call. Our call-in number is 512-543-COME-AND-TALK-IT. That's 512-543-5... I'm sorry, 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. So, you know, if I'm driving, I'm on my way home, and all of a sudden I come across protesters. And let's talk about what does the Texas Castle Doctrine say? What does that mean? What does the stand your ground law means? You know, you can open carry. I can open carry a rifle in the state of Texas. That goes all the way back to 1870. 
Ever since 1870, you can open carry a rifle in Texas, even longer than that, actually. Um, and that's totally legal. Don't need a license or anything like that. Totally legal in the state of Texas. So if I'm if I decide I want to protest, I want to I'm upset about something that's going on with our government, what's going on with my local officials or what's going on in the state, the city that I'm in. And I want to peacefully protest. I decide I want to hit the streets and protest. Now, at what point does that change when I step in front of I step on the street? Do you know that walking on the street, you're actually committing a class A misdemeanor blocking a roadway? That's actually, you're actually committing a crime. So at what point does it change? Uh, a peaceful protest, then when you start banging on the vehicle, does that change then? Does it change? Do you then prevent the person who's driving in their vehicle in the place that they're, they're allowed to be? Are you preventing them from going about their day? Do they have a right to be in the vehicle and drive down the road? Because that's what the streets are for, for cars. Sidewalks are for walking. So I want to ask you this. Get your opinion. What are your thoughts? We're talking about the shooting that happened in Austin. But let me welcome to the mic and to the conversation, Brandon Keaton. Brandon, you were downtown Austin last night. Tell us, Brandon, lean into the mic there. Tell us uh, what happened. What did you see? What did you hear? Um, so it started off over at, by APD, marched down to the Capitol, had some, uh, you know, had speeches, so on and so forth, walked down to the W a little while later. Um, leaving from there, we were walking up uh, Congress. We we're about Congress and Fourth. Um, on our left side, uh, walking north towards the Capitol, the car came up, um, honked, sped into the crowd of people. Did the car hit anyone? Um, I don't think so. I think that, that people were able to get out of his way um, quickly enough that they weren't hit. But, I mean, he absolutely was intending to hit. So people. he was on the road or was he driving on the sidewalk? He was driving on the road um, okay. on, so on, on, on the on the other side of the uh, the cross section was he on the opposite side of the road was he in the the driving lane that he was supposed to be he in? was in the he was in the driving lane but he also he also rammed into a crowd of people okay so that's that, that's really important to to take into account so everything that happened after that is has to be understood within the context of somebody driving into a crowd of people sure. with intent okay um now did they, was this a planned protest where the city uh where they filed a something with the city and had the street blocked off by police or anything like that none of these have been planned protests okay. these are these are people coming out for something sure. that they believe in sure and um you know a, a big part of that is going around uh bureaucracy that tends to limit people's speech and tends to limit, limit people's ability to express themselves absolutely and um you know i i, I don't think that it not being a, a permitted quote unquote uh uh uh, March right. has, has, has much to do with it at sure, all. Sure, go for it. All right. Um, so now he's rightly he, he he's surrounded by a crowd of people who are rightly pretty upset with him for you know what is essentially an attempted murder. You know, ramming your car into a group of people. Um, but he I'm didn't sure, he didn't ram anybody though. Well, I mean, he was intending to. There was a, there was a huge crowd of people walking in the street, and he sped his car quickly into them. Okay. So, um, again, surrounded by people. I'm sure there's people that that you know banged on his car, what have you. Um, so if I'm in my vehicle, and now I don't know if you guys are aware of what the Texas Castle Doctrine says. The Texas Castle Doctrine says that if you're in, I'm in my vehicle and someone's attempting to enter my vehicle, I can use force, a daily force, to stop them. Nobody was trying to enter the vehicle. You guys are aware of the Texas Castle Doctrine? But you did, you did tell me earlier that he approached the vehicle and told the guy to get out. That's what somebody told me. I, was, I mean, I was 15 feet away in front of the car. So and and beyond that, I've been trying to piece this together for the past about nineteen twenty hours. Now. Sure, sure. So and you've been up a long time, man. Yeah, you, yeah. You look tired. Yeah, I'm I'm traumatized. You're, but you're hanging in there. Yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I you know I I watched somebody die. Yeah. So know? go ahead, tell me. Um, 
he's surrounded on two sides, driver's side and from behind. Um, you know, I'm sure people were slapping his car, yelling at him for driving into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, the victim, Garrett, walks up along with the rest of the crowd on that side. Um, I see the window rolled down. I see the guy pull out the handgun, shoots him about five times. I saw with my eyes three of those shots. And, you know, then I bolted to the side, you know, trying to not die. because I didn't know what this guy was going to do. Now, when I listen to the video, I definitely hear two different types of firearms. I actually hear a handgun and I hear a rifle. And I'm and I'm 100% convinced that I actually heard a rifle. Second. Definitely a rifle. Yeah, so I, I can't confirm or deny that. I know that absolutely the driver fired first. Okay. And that's the most important thing here. Sure. I don't know if those last three shots were from somebody else who was carrying and returned fire to try and protect people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every person who was who was carrying that night legally that I talked to, all of them denied uh, firing back. Sure. So that's the place that I'm coming from with it. I, I, I can't confirm or deny that there was anybody else that shot back. All right, so we're talking about what happened last night in downtown Austin. We're talking about the the Black Lives Matters protests, uh, protesting police. My question to you, can you protest the cops and then act like a cop? A protester was shot and killed during a BLM march in Austin last night. Give me a call. Tell me your thoughts. Our call-in number is 512-543-5483. That's 512-543. I'm sorry. I'm just messing that all up. 2284. Come and talk it. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 13.7, the right choice. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about the protests last night in Austin, Texas. Can you protest the cops, then act like a cop? So, let me get this telephone number right. All right, it's 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Let's go to the phone line. Skip Davis. Skip, you're an attorney in Austin, Texas. Skip, you know, what's your take on this, Skip? Well, this is uh, this is really interesting to me um, for two reasons. One, I fully support the Black Lives Matter, but I also support the blue because we have to have indeed some form of law enforcement. Where the tension is to me here is that here we have the First Amendment, which is the first, 
bumping up into the Second Amendment, which bumps up into the right to self-defense, which bumps up into the right for peaceful assembly, again, First Amendment issue, which then bumps up against the Castle Doctrine, which bumps up against the right to use and brandish a weapon as self-defense. So there's, this is a very complicated issue. Um, I heard your uh, witness there speak, and uh, his uh, words are consistent with uh, two other witnesses with whom I've communicated, one of whom made a statement to the New York Times, um, and I'm happy to share it with you if I can figure out how to send it to you. Um, but um, the New York Times uh, spoke to a fellow by the name of uh, Chapiano, and um, – he indicated that he, that he was standing at the back of the car that uh, was fired into and uh, that um, the uh, that the uh, Black Lives Matter protester with the AK-47 and open carry had the gun at all times that, with the muzzle pointing down and never menace, menacingly uh, brandished the weapon at any time towards the driver. He also states that um, he saw the driver stick the lower the the driver's window, stick his pistol out the window and shoot the, um, the AK-47 handler uh, five times as the AK-47 handler was approaching the car. Excuse me, Skip, one second. Uh, Casey, we also have a photo of Garrett Foster outside of the vehicle holding the firearm. He's holding it high, but the, but the muzzle is pointed down. If we could put that up while, while you keep talking. Continue. Okay, sure. Continue, sorry. Um, Okay, that's fine. Um, there was another um, witness who was who reported earlier than the Mr. Chapiano, um, and he reported to a guy named Mose Buchel, who's a reporter at KUT, and um, his report uh, was consistent with Chapiano's report that um, the gentleman was known to open carry it during these protests. His wife is a quadriplegic amputee four ways um and he's been known to carry and push his wife around uh, during these protests and that he did not menacingly brandish nor accost uh, the guy in the vehicle um so that that suddenly brings up a lot of a lot of good right territory for discussion you got the second amendment guys who can't deny that the black lives matter guy was actually carrying in proper uh, in a proper fashion None of the witnesses indicate that the Black Lives Matter guy did anything that would violate the open carry rule of not brandishing the weapon in a menacingly fashion, even though he might have been justified because of the behavior of the driver who entered into a crosswalk, although occupied, although he had the green light, it was occupied by pedestrians. And it was a red light. The, The light was red. Now, I've heard I've heard it both ways. I was there. Um, yeah. It was a red light. I, I, I've seen the video. It was a red light, and he went right. Yeah, but it was but he but was you can turn on right red. on red. So what we're saying well, is that what, what, hey, but there was also but but there was also there was also a red an orange cone that was blocking the right turn innermost lane. Not sure whether that traffic cone was there for any reason, um, but apparently that cone had been impacted by the driver. All right, so Skip, what, that, what I'm hearing you saying, so what I'm hearing everyone say is the driver is supposed to follow the rules of the road, but the pedestrians don't have to. Is that what I'm hearing you saying? 
I'm saying that a driver has more of a responsibility not to willfully and intentionally run over pedestrians in the roadway. So he didn't a run over anyone. He came close to them. He tried to. How do you know what his intent was? Do you know what's in his head? I mean, there is a crowd of people. Your Honor, there. I object. If you put your foot on the gas, Your Honor, a crowd I object. Of people in front of you. Your Honor, did I object. Did he run into anyone? <laughs> he was doing his best to. Did I mean, he, like, I mean, what, what else could either the run into have someone been? You don't know what's don't, in his mindset. What else could the intent have been? Go ahead, Skip. What, what, what was that? Well, okay, well, let's think that the next, the next, if we get past that, that piece, the next piece is, was he justified in unloading his weapon into this guy five times? Which is always something that, Mike, you and I have talked about on this show. And, yes, sir. Um, and your uh, uh, and your insurance company, uh, those guys have always talked about. And it's a very, you know, I've cautioned that um, it's one thing to be talk that Rambo nonsense. Right. It's another. It's another to stick that gun in somebody's belly and pull the trigger five times. And if you're going to do that, you better be prepared for an anal inspection, a cavity inspection that's exactly. going to be painful. Expensive and long. That's right, because when you carry a gun, whether it's a long gun or a handgun, you're held to a much higher standard. So you better reap. You better be ready for the consequences when you carry a gun. Well, when you pull a gun and you rack the slide, that's when you better be ready for the consequences. When you pull it, you rack the slide, and you point that thing at somebody. You have now entered the twilight zone. All right. All right. So, so I, I've so got. This, a Go ahead. I've got another question real right, quick. Now, it. now it has been um, it has been stated that it was possible that Garrett ordered the gentleman in the car to get out. That's not been substantiated. Oh, uh, so who are you to order me to get out of my vehicle? Okay, so that's my now. Here's my question: <laughs> If if does that does that change the legal scenario? If you attempt to enter my vehicle or remove me from my vehicle, I can use force, a daily force, to stop you. The question is, the guy in the car, did he perceive the people inside the vehicle trying to break, trying to enter his vehicle or remove him from his vehicle? And my question is, was the guy in the car arrested? Was and from guy- what I'm reading, from according to Tony Pulaski, this guy was not arrested. He was detained. The driver in the vehicle. A- he was detained. They questioned him, but he was not arrested. That's okay, but that just means that there's a lot more investigation to do. They've got up to five years to indict this guy on that crime. Oh sure. Um, unless they unless they charge him with attempted capital murder. And let me let me um, give everybody the, a little murder. let me give everyone a little update. So on Sunday afternoon, KVU senior reporter Tony Pulaski confirmed with police that two people opened fire during the shooting. Neither shooter was the man who was killed. Okay. So the the guy with the AK forty seven apparently did not fire any shots. Officials believe one shooter was the driver of a car and the other was in the crowd and may have opened fire on the car as it drove away. The investigation remains fluid, but as of 2 p.m. Sunday, this is the account police have of what happened. Investigators are trying to determine what charges the two shooters may face. Now, I'll confirm. I can confirm that... um... There was another uh, shooter who was a Black Lives Matter protester who fired a three shots. Uh, those are the three shots that you hear in the second the exchange, Mike, on the video. How, how uh, did you? Shots, how, who's, on, those, sorry. Those three shots were fired as the vehicle was speeding away after having shot uh, Garrett. All right. How did? How are you? How have you confirmed that it was a BLM protester who fired the second round of shots? Yeah. I've spoken to him. Mm. Okay. 
has he hired has he asked has he hired you as his attorney he's hired an associate of mine mm. now so let me go to uh uh, my young man here in the he studio, was, and, and let me, and I, I can say this too. Go ahead. He was uh, he was detained, interrogated, and released. And this um, and this is the guy that was the the other guy with the with the gun in the crowd. He was a he was a medic. You know, the organization of these uh, protests is kind of loose. Um, they don't have necessarily traditional lines of communication uh, and command, but there's a crowd of these folks who call themselves medics and others call themselves legal observers and others call themselves the press. Um, and they, he happened to be one of the people that calls themselves a medic, but they have sometimes have extensive medical training that can be as much as an EMT, sometimes, you know, just nursing classes. And so this um, was, but, and this was the person that the actual fired the shots from the crowd. This was the person who fired, uh, who who returned fire upon the driver who shot Garrett? And the yeah. person that returned to fire of the driver that shot, uh, uh, the driver, that person who returned fire that was a rifle, correct? No, it was a handgun. So he had a handgun. The first the first gun sounds to me I shoot pretty. Are pretty you sure about? Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm very positive about that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. What did you say the first gun sounded like? Sounded like a large caliber. Uh, first off, five rounds quickly, so it had to be a large, and it came out of a car. So, I, I, and everybody says it's a handgun, so it would lead me to believe it'd be a large frame, large caliber, uh, forty, forty-five, something along those lines. We know it wasn't a. But you're uh, saying the, what you're saying is the person in the crowd, though, that returned fire. You're saying that was a handgun, not a long gun. Yes. Mm. No long guns were fired. It did have a weird. I agree with you. It did yeah, have I a got... weird report. The report sounded like it might have been a, a, a buffer, a, you know, a, a buffer spring and 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 uh, or a spring and buffer recoil mechanism in an AK, in, a, in a AR-15 or something like that. It had right. that tinny kind of sound, but um, unfortunately, it's not the case. Well, that would um, line up with what Brandon said. That he spoke with. All, all right, we're talking with Skip Davis. He's telling us what his, you know, uh, what a witness said to him or what he heard. And we're going to come back after this break here. This is Michael Cargill, and you're listening to Come and Talk. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk. Talk 1370, the right choice. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about the protests. We're talking about what happened last night in Austin, Texas. Boy, I tell you, these shootings are happening all too frequently in Austin. We want to defund the police. But can you protest the cops and then act like a cop? That's my question for you. You got, there's a fine line there. You know, which way do we go? Can you protest the cops then act like a cop? Answer the question. I'm curious what your thoughts are. All right, so you were there on the scene, right? Yeah. Uh, Brandon? Uh, so, Brandon, you know, what's your thoughts? We totally disagree on this. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's right. And I like you, Brandon. <laughs> just so you know. Straight yeah. off the bat, I, I just want you to know I like you. Of course. All right, but I'm going to tear, tear you a new hole. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> Again, like I, I keep coming back to the thing of, of, of the whole context of it needs to be looked at from he, he ran into a crowd of people and whatever you feel like about, oh, his his right to keep his domicile on the roadway and to move about that. That's that's irrelevant. You know, if there's if there's a bunch of people on the crosswalk, you, you can't run through the crosswalk. Because if they're one is going to be irrelevant, so is the other. What What, what is the other? OK, here? if I can have if I have a right to peacefully protest, I have a right to do that. Correct. Sure. Then I should also, on another side, if I'm in my car, I have a right to drive about this country. When there's no on one the in front of you, it doesn't matter if it's a protest or somebody's on the crosswalk. Two, or somebody's two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, but we're not. But you're you're making an equivalency between somebody running a car into a crowd of people and a crowd of people walking on a roadway, and those things just are fundamentally not. If equivalent. I'm in my vehicle and I all of a sudden I t- turn a corner, I come across some protesters. All of a sudden, they're banging on my vehicle, it's not and all of I a perceive. Okay, so not all of a I sudden. perceive he them. He ran into the crowd of people. I that perceive he knew they were there. them to. It wasn't. To, not a, it wasn't all of a sudden. If I perceive them to attempt to enter my vehicle, the Texas Castle Doctrine says I can use force, a deadly force, to stop them. Why are you going out of your way to justify this? Man? I'm not. I'm not going out of my way to do anything. I'm telling you what the law says. But Brandon, when you say he ran into a crowd of people, yeah. it would make someone think that he ran into someone. But, but he, he did didn't. not run into any. So they person. were able to get out of his way, like they were able to move quickly while a car was speeding towards them on the road that they but, were illegally walking on. Which again is is totally irrelevant to this. Sure, totally irrelevant. Um, so people were able to get out of the way of the car that was running towards them mm-hmm. with intent, but that had honked. You know, and uh, there, 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 there have been protests where cars have driven into crowds of people a number of times. So, of course, people are going to be on edge whenever somebody rams into them. And, you know, if you were in that crowd, you probably would have slapped the guy's car, too. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's a pretty human response. And I, It's a I, pretty I, human I, response. I, I don't think if you're trying to enter my vehicle to, to, I don't to think, shoot you. I don't think that somebody having their car slapped after running into a crowd of people is then justified to murder somebody who happens to be standing by his window and upset with him. All right. Well, so he- I have a point of in, a point of inquiry here. So I've probably watched that video a hundred times. Yeah. I saw it last night. I've watched it another twenty times, sitting right here in front of you. 
I'm very familiar with the area. That's 4th Street when it's not Corona time. Like, that's my hood, okay? So it's mm. at the corner of 4th and Jossay Bank. He's trying to take a right-hand turn to go south on Congress, mm. correct? So those people are walking against the flow of traffic, which is 100% against the law, whether it's Class peaceful protest or not. Michael, I'm going gonna, gonna to speak right now because you're being a little combative right now. And for I, I'm once being it's 100% shit combative. For once, it's not me. Mike's so I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> 100% uh, but I, combative. But I have a point that I want to get to, and Michael's distracting. Okay, I'll shut up. Um, Love you, though. So what I've seen in this video, if if the reports of what you're saying are true, and I don't want to doubt you, but I know that it's been traumatic, and eyewitness testimony is like, very very hard to to verify and thankfully we have video but if i'm standing on the corner of congress and fourth street at jose bank and a man is quote unquote ramming his car into me i'm running i'm not fast but i'm moving my butt down the road i do not see anyone in that video walking illegally in the street north on congress running until after shots are fired so i'm having a really really difficult time verifying the fact that he quote unquote rammed his car into a group of protesters with intent that is the one 100 the thing that is making me not think that he went to this protest with intent to cause harm because if he was plowing his vehicle into a crowd of people those people would be running pre-shots and they're not they not from car. either video that i have seen and if someone's ramming their car, even if it is a smaller sedan, like what I can tell from in that video, they're running, they are moving. But most of the people were still continuing north on Congress. So I'm having trouble figuring out and agreeing here with your intent. Well, I mean, a lot of people were in front of and uh, away from where all of this was happening. I mean, you can even hear after he screeches in and his tire, he, he hit his gas so hard that the tires screeched, number one. Number two, like... You can hear that people are still kind of starting chants like after this happened for, for a few seconds because they hadn't realized what was going on. And I'm sure the number of people that were behind me, too, hadn't quite realized what was going on. And, yeah, the, the few people that were in front of him did manage to get out of the way, thank God. But, I mean, I, I, don't, re I don't really follow that, like, group psychology if somebody goes into the crowd that everybody's immediately going to bolt. No, they're, they're going to get pissed off and say, why did you run you into this don't crowd don't agree with the psychology that if the car uh, is, quote, unquote, bolting towards you that you're not going to move? The people that were in front of him did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but you're making this claim like the whole crowd is going to immediately disperse, so, but that's just not the case. So I think that people might have been, you know, taken aback and, and moved out of the way, and then when he, once he stopped, they reapproached the car. But I have, a, I have a question here for you. Do you think it's possible that this guy took this right turn drove and, and drove into the protest not knowing the extent of the protest and then stopped, and then since it's a one-way... He, he could not turn around. Do you think that's possible? What do you mean it was a one-way? Congress is a two-way street, it's my a, guy. Is a, Congress is a two-way street. And 4th Street right there, that's a two-way. Oh, yeah, it is. Both for oh, Congress, you're right, you're right. Congress yeah. and 4th are two-way. Yeah, so, and, and, okay. and, and beyond that, like, people had moved out of the way. Like, honestly, aside from me being, you know, 15, 25 feet back, there wasn't really anybody else that was in front of him. And and he had no problem going into the going into the crowd whenever it was, like, a block of people. He should have had no problem going towards me to get out of the way. He stayed right there, either through fear or you know malice or or whatever, you know. So he he, he stayed there when he didn't have to. It's so part you, of what I'm saying. You, okay, okay, okay. So you you said you're saying there there was an open uh, avenue for him to yeah. move yeah. past. He you. could so, have left. Okay. He do could you, have left. So do you you do think it's possible that he was acting out of fear? Yeah, I think he was acting out of fear. I think that he was. 
I think he was pissed off that he he couldn't, you know, move his domicile forward. Like, I mean, outside of anything, like the guy couldn't he he, he couldn't just sit on his hands for a, a light cycle because it wasn't a very it wasn't a super long protest. It was maybe a half a block. If he if he had if he had sat there for another thirty seconds, somebody would be alive, you know. Yeah. Just, like like why why are we prioritizing this guy's impatience over? Over, over, somebody, over, over somebody's life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. Well, I think that if I was the guy driving on con- forth onto Congress, and there's a bunch of people walking across the street, whether they were doing it legally or illegally, I probably would not yeah. have. And you call, you're, say, you're saying impatience, but I'm saying that if I'm in the vehicle, and all of a sudden, these people run toward his vehicle. After he they ran run into to, the crowd. They, he didn't run into the crowd. He, he I was there. He approached ran the, the crowd. crowd. Did anyone, did anyone go to the hospital? Yes, somebody died. No, the no, shooter. No, no. Did anyone he's, he's saying, did anyone saying, go to the hospital? He's saying, did from anybody the go go to the hospital from getting hit by a vehicle? No, they didn't. So he approached the crowd. He didn't touch anyone. Didn't hit anyone. They ran up to his vehicle. If he perceived them to enter his vehicle or to remove him from his vehicle, he's justified using force or deadly force. He to stop created them. that situation. No, they created oh, it by wait, being wait, in the road. Hold on, hold he on. created it. He put his car. They in created the middle it by the being in the road. He put his car. They in the were middle blocking of the, the roadway, which is a class and A misdemeanor so up to one year in jail. Into them. So you can run your car into I th- them. I think I think that um, while while nobody was hit, I do think that it's a little bit. It was a little bit of a miscalculation on this guy's part to take the turn. Just wait. Just wait one light cycle. Or it was a miscalculation on the part of the protesters to not stay on the sidewalk. Well, his, Please, I mean, I support well, Black Lives Matter, but you have to be able to still conduct business in the downtown. The point of it is to be disruptive. That's what a protest is. So, the so, Boston so, Tea so, Party well, destroyed $2 million worth of property, and now we have America. Okay? The point of protest is to be disruptive. I, I would agree with that. And I also would like to add in... That uh, while I do agree that that at times protests, while they while they may be peaceful or or what have you, they they are meant to be uh, disruptive at times. But I'm also I also want to ask you: Do you think that uh, you and the other protesters? Well, you're more of a photojournalist. The other the, the protesters. Do you think that they were aware of the risk that they're taking by? You understand what I'm saying? By yeah. by by, wa- by by walking that way and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think so. I think that I think that. Most because of the way things ha- have gone down in Austin for the vast majority of these protests, there has been a, a pretty consistent gentleman's agreement that whenever there is a, a group of people what? marching, marching, and and every it was a hundred percent peaceful. Like I know that there have been you know a, a few cases here and there of people graffitiing or or you know whatever. Well, but in like, the beginning when you and I stuff, were down there, yeah. there was a car that got caught on fire. That and was homeless. that first Saturday. That, that was that was a that was bad out thing. of control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So skip. But me, since I want to hold on, hold on. Let him finish real quick because right, I, think, I, I think I want to go back to skip. I think you got a good point. All right, um, go ahead. I, I think that for the most part, people have been following the gentleman's agreement of the city that if that if there's a, a huge group of people coming together to to walk, that that's going to be respected, and that and that people are just are going. So to you would say there through. was there's been a precedent that has yeah, been sent. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you think absolutely. about that, Michael? Well, let's go to Skip. Skip, what's your take on this? Well, remember, I also represented a woman whose name was Gwen Daniels, who was shot on Sixth Street, escaping a crowd who had attacked her car um, as she tried to pull away from a curb. And she was shot at five times by Austin Police Department. Luckily, they missed her all five times. Watch me. Skip, 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 skip. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. This is no joke down there at all. Everybody, you know, I, I spent the, I retired from the Rangers in the Army, and I know weapons and tactics, and I'm telling you, 
you amateurs out there are going to get a lot of people hurt, and that's on both sides, the Second Amendment side and the First Amendment side and the Black Matters Life side and the Antifa side and the, and, the, and, and the white supremacist side. All you guys are amateurs. Let's get that straight. Now, secondarily, you can't pull your car into an intersection where people are standing and even bump them. That is a crime, period. If there are pedestrians in the roadway, your obligation under the traffic code is to avoid causing an accident. That's the whole purpose of the rules of the road. Not to give you rights to do things, but it's to tell you how to maneuver and behave under circumstances. And there is no circumstance where you're allowed to run somebody down simply because they're in the roadway impeding your traffic. Did he run over any pedestrians? You cannot run over pedestrians willfully. That is illegal. That's vehicular manslaughter. All right, we come back. I'm going to come back to you, Skip. We're talking about the shooting that happened downtown Austin. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so I'm supposed to calm down a little bit, but I don't think I'm ready to get calm yet. So, I, you know what? I decided to bring into the conversation my attorney out of Georgia, the attorney that represented my parents when they uh, had to shot, they had to shoot and kill an intruder that was breaking into their home, uh, Matt Kilgore. So, Matt, I want to ask you, Matt, and welcome to the show, because uh, I know you're busy, and that is... Hey, you know what? If I'm driving on the road, all of a sudden I turn a corner or I'm driving down the street and I, I run across protesters. I All of a sudden I'm in my vehicle. These protesters approach my vehicle. They surround my vehicle, start banging on my vehicle. And if I perceive them to be entering my vehicle unlawfully or trying to remove me from my vehicle, can I use force, a daily force, to stop them? Well, I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> you know. Well, no, and it's a great question, and it's a question I just spent three hours dissecting here in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is, as you know, the only uh, city in the United States that requires uh, the homeowner to purchase a firearm. Love living in Kennesaw. That's right. Um, You know, it all comes down to whether your belief is reasonable, and I think that sort of crosses state lines. Virtually every state that has a stand-your-ground or no duty to retreat, or an ability to protect yourself in your home or your car, they all fall on that same line. What is reasonable about what you did? So, you know, we have to get into the very specifics of the interaction. You know, how many people was it? What were they doing? Were they trying to open the doors? Were they trying to break the glass? What made you think you had to use that firearm to protect yourself? All right. Hey, Skip Davis, go for it. And, and was that a reasonable belief? Not just yes. that in your mind you thought it was reasonable, but it's whether or not an objectively reasonable person would agree. That's the jury. I absolutely agree. He's my lawyer. 
<laughs> All right. So and let, let me go to my guest inside the studio who was there on the scene, Brandon Keaton. So, Brandon, what's your take? Um, I, I really disagree with this characterization that you keep coming at the situation with that. Oh, he's he's just a guy puttering along and oh, look, there's some protesters here. Well, I'm just going to I'll just make this corner here and go about my way. No, he, he came up. He came up to the light. He honked at everybody. He screeched around the corner. You can hear it in the video. You know, it's it's my belief that he was trying to hit somebody. Thank God that he didn't. You know, that's obviously arguable one way or the other. I disagree. Then, if he was then, trying to hit then, someone, he could have hit then, them. And then, and then, trust and me, then, if I'm in my car and, then, and I want to hit and you, then, you will be hit. Then, you would have hit at least twenty. I'd have hit about thirty and people. Then, and then, <laughs> let me tell you that so, you'll have a GMC planted on your butt. Okay, that's wonderful. But <laughs> the issue being, and, and and then and then you're you're saying that oh, and then and then everybody surrounded him and approached him. Well, he put himself in that situation. He put himself inside of a crowd of people, and then you know pissed them off by by screeching into the crowd. You know, of course, people are going are going to come at you, especially whenever it's a political protest. And on nobody that tried note, to open his car. Nobody tried to open his car. You can't nobody. verify that. Nobody. That's not verifiable. Verifiable, therefore, it's moot in the conversation. Additionally, these protesters put themselves in this situation. They chose to make this peaceful protest. They chose to take it off the roads, which then, according to Texas law, makes it a little less peaceful. They chose themselves. They chose to put themselves in this situation. They chose to get and bang on that car, and they chose to handle the the consequences. It's one of the reasons I personally don't go downtown well, well, and go to any well, here's protest. The thing. Here's the because thing. I know that if I put myself in that type of situation, I'm just reiterating exactly what you're saying on the other side of the coin. The consequence for walking in the road isn't death. That's I'm not, not saying correct. that the that's, death that's was justifiable, but Skip, that, that driver correct. in the vehicle has every Sometimes right to be is. angry. All right, Skip Davis, go no, ahead, no, Skip. No, 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 no. You guys are missing the point here. Let me take you to a different level because you're just at microaggression. Let me take you to a different level, and this kind of expands on Mike's original point, which is defund the police. This microaggression thing down here, who has the right? I'm just going to tell you, there we have laws that are vehicular assault, vehicular manslaughter, and, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, all of which go towards people who act poorly and behave poorly, illegally, when they operate a vehicle. So you can be held and held very heavily accountable for reckless behavior just because somebody's in impeding your, your progress does not give you the right to commit an assault. But let me take you to the next level. Let me take you to the next level. The next level is defund the police. Now, if you watch the video, you see that there's an interesting absence of police. Yep. But it's interesting only insofar as we know that the police were actively engaged in surveillance and intelligence gathering on this group in a very large way. Mm -hmm. Secondly, within 15 seconds of the shots being fired, there are about 20 police officers all converging on that intersection. The question I have to you is, why aren't the cops out there protecting these peaceful protesters as they're making their way through the city and secure the intersection so that we don't have this kind of interaction where pedestrians are suddenly at the risk of being hurt by traffic. Because they're protesting the cops. They're pro yeah. They're I protesting the cops. But that's okay. If, it's, if this is all about protesting and it's all about being American, 
You can protest anybody. Yeah. You still have your duty. You still have your duty, your sworn Supreme duty. Court precedents. Exactly. Supreme Court precedents. <laughs> the police have no duty to protect you, only a general duty to enforce the law. And that's wrong. That's like morally, so, that's morally objectionable. I'll see you at the Supreme Court. That's morally objectionable. I mean, it, it, what, what, would, what, what, what should the point of a police force be? That's what all of this is about. The police should be there to protect and serve people. You're protesting that's the, the cops. You want to defund the cops, and now you want the cops to help you? you got to be kidding me. I Look, love the it. reason I love why it. people want to defund the cops is because they aren't doing you these things. You can't have it both ways. You yes, can have you your can. ice cream well, yes, and you sprinkles can. on let, top let, of it. Hey, let him, let him talk real yes, quick. Yes, you can. The, the, so a huge part of, of what all of this is about is trying to redefine what it is that police actually do in our society. I mean, if you talk to a cop, one of the first complaints that they're going to have is that they do too much is that they're thrown on any number of calls that have very little to do with preventing or solving violent crime. Why are they doing those things in the first place? Why did we give them half of our city's general fund to do things that are ostensibly not related to stopping violent crime, which is what an armed force should be about in the first place? If we're going to have a group of people that are here to protect others, and, and you know what? I, I'm not even against what the police did necessarily in this situation. I think that, you know, they probably would have got, gotten a lot more flack if they were walking on either side. So, it, you know, it probably makes sense that they were just following us, following behind us with a van and so on and so forth. But they didn't stop that crime from happening, even with all of that happening. You know what I mean? They, they were there afterwards to, to figure out what, what was going on. The and police on, aren't there to stop the crime from happening. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is they didn't stop yeah. it from happening. So, so it makes sense in that situation to have armed cops show up because there was a gun that was fired. But if there was no gun that was fired, it, it wouldn't make any sense for a bunch of armed police to show up in the first place. Matt Kilgore, what's your take on this? I'm just glad that we don't have these kind of problems in Atlanta. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you do. That, well, that's, you, you, you do. You caught me. I was being <laughs> That eats into his, that eat, Michael, that eats into his premiums. He ain't looking for business like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I come at this from both sides of the perspective. I was a prosecutor. I understand the role that police have to, 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 to fill in our society. And I tend to agree with your guest who says that maybe we've been too expansive with what we're asking them to do. I also come from the side of a, of a, you know, a defense-oriented side. Who says, look, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much libertarian, and I didn't get this way until I became a prosecutor. I would prefer that everybody leave me alone and just let me do my own thing as long as they do no harm to others. But unfortunately, that's not the kind of world that we live in. I think we all understand there is a place for law enforcement, and obviously the question that we're trying to answer that we can't answer is what place is that? Yeah. Is it defunding them entirely? No, because then you know crime would run amok. Is it giving them the ability to be all things to all people? No, because I think that usurps some of the personal responsibility that we have as citizens of the United States. I don't know what the right answer is. I, I, you know, We are experiencing the same discomfort with the status quo in Atlanta that you guys are experiencing in Austin. We've got Richard Brooks. We've got the thing down uh, – you know, Ahmed Arbery uh, down in Brunswick. I mean, obviously two different scenarios, two different sets of facts. I, you know, It's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. Police officers are taught – Michael, you, were, you talked about seeing the Supreme Court. Police officers are taught about the 1985 U.S. Supreme Court case of Tennessee versus Garner. Police officers may use deadly force if they have a reason to believe a fleeing felon poses an additional risk to the community. Well, look at it from the Richard Brooks uh, killing here in Atlanta. 
a man who was passed out in the drive-thru of a Wendy's who was investigated for DUI. The police probably had probable cause to arrest him, at which point he begins to fight them. Now, no one should die as the result of a DUI investigation. Absolutely. Hey, and 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 thank you, Matt. Let's go to a real quick 30 seconds. Skip. Skip. I got I got to tell you that um, I find this uh, this entire exchange to have been insightful. I thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. Uh, Mr. Keaton. Um, I'm proud of you standing up and letting everybody know what you what you stand for and uh, doing that right there in a hostile audience. Uh, you can give me a holler anytime you need to. The hostile, hostile audience, keep stirring the pot, baby. Keep stirring the pot because this is how we're going to get to the gold nugget. Thank you. That's when right. We finally get down. We got to break it down in order to build it up. All right. I want to thank Let's you, Matt Kilgore, who's an attorney with Texas and U.S. Um, – I'm sorry, with Georgia U.S. Law Shield. I also want to thank uh, Skip Davies, who's, a, who's an attorney here in Texas, in Austin, Texas. I want to thank my guest inside the studio, uh, Brandon Keaton, for coming inside the studio. You know, as always, remember, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 